This is the Birth, Baby, and Life Podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're talking about how to keep the weight on in episode number 139. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life Podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen Burgess from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and today I'm going to talk with you about keeping up the weight while breastfeeding. This is something that may not be for everybody listening to the podcast, but it is something that's a concern for a lot of mamas, and I think it's something that isn't talked about a lot. I've gotten numerous emails about the topic, so I wanted to go ahead and address it. And that's for some moms, it can be really difficult to keep weight on while breastfeeding. Now, you may be thinking, I wish that I could drop weight breastfeeding, or I don't really have a problem. Breastfeeding is like the perfect thing. I drop the baby weight, and then I feel great. So if it's not for you, that's fine. You can skip this podcast, or you can listen because some of the tips that I give may still help you. But for those of you who are really wondering, breastfeeding, it feels like it's depleting me of everything. The weight's dropping off, or I don't I don't feel great while I'm nursing my baby, I feel depleted, then this podcast episode is going to help you. Why do some moms lose a lot of weight while breastfeeding? One of the reasons is because, as you know, you've probably read that breastfeeding actually burns more calories or you need more calories to nurse your baby than you do while pregnant. And there's definitely truth to that. Just the the need to manufacture milk. (laughs) It requires a lot of energy. And some moms, especially moms who already had a pretty high metabolism, your body is just working so hard. Plus, there's other stressors going on that you maybe didn't have during pregnancy. Some of us have trouble sleeping during pregnancy, especially at the end. It's one of those cruel ironies. But for most moms, you're well, relatively well-rested during pregnancy, and you can sometimes find time for yourself and to rest. But once your new baby comes, at least for the first few months, it's usually pretty intense. There's a lot on. You may not be getting a lot of sleep. There may be stress and other adjustments going on. You're, like we talked about um, in a previous podcast episode, your, your other children are trying to adjust and you're trying to adjust, adjust mothering one more or if you have multiples, more than one more. So there's just a lot going on and that stress and all of those changes that are coming to your body, your body changes in major ways during pregnancy and not just what you can see, like you see that you're growing a baby and you might see that you put on extra padding here and there, most of which is actually to help facilitate nursing. But you also, there are dramatic hormonal shifts. And basically, as soon as your baby is born, your body starts a rapid change back to pre-pregnancy hormone levels. Now, breastfeeding does mean that some things will be different from a non-pregnant woman's body But when you're breastfeeding, your body is still essentially in a rapid transition back to a non-pregnant woman's body. So those changes are all, they're good and appropriate changes in a lot of ways, but they're additional stressors on your body. So you have a high metabolism with all of these changes and all of these stressors and things may find that they have trouble keeping weight on. So a big key for 
new moms, all new moms, but especially if you're having trouble keeping the weight on, is want to eat really nourishing foods, mostly. So that's my caveat. And, and really, you could probably do this eating all nourishing foods, but a lot of us, especially today, especially if you've listened to anything when I talk about uh, preconception diets, so we know that research has shown, evidence shows that a lower carb preconception diet that focuses on really high quality, uh, especially high quality animal foods and really nutrient dense plant foods is the way to go. And during pregnancy, if you're looking at, uh, if I, one of my, I'm a fan of Lily Nichols, I've had her on the podcast. So if you're following the advice of real food for pregnancy and that sort of thing, there's probably a, an emphasis on a little bit lower carb and really nutrient dense food. And I think you want to keep that emphasis, but you also realize that at this time, um, you may need to expand some things. So nutrient density is the big key. It's why the diet that I officially recommend during pregnancy is still the Brewer diet. Uh, it's grown me eight healthy babies, and I've seen it help a lot of other mamas. Uh, I think it's just basically a timeless diet that can be adapted to any mom's cultural or dietary preferences or needs. But it's really nutrient dense and it's also higher in calories. And the thing about transitioning to a breastfeeding diet, in the first couple weeks, I really recommend that you keep that same uh, caloric dense in your diet. But then you can drop it. You don't need as many, even though breastfeeding uses more calories, you don't need as many calories. And the Brewer diet isn't just about calories. Part of what the calories in the Brewer diet do is they spare other components of the Brewer diet like protein so that those things can do what they need to do and your body doesn't try and break any of that down for energy. When you're breastfeeding, some things that are a concern during pregnancy, just your body doesn't physiologically work in the same way. Remember I said a couple minutes ago about how different your hormones are, so your body physiologically isn't working in the same way. So you don't need the same number of calories. You're not going to have complications like prematurity or um, preeclampsia or anything like that if your body isn't, isn't getting that same level of calories and overall nutrients. However, when you're breastfeeding, you want really high quality milk and you want an abundant and rich milk supply. So you're going to want to continue with nutrient density. Your baby continues to, especially his or her brain, really continues to be very needy, needing a lot of essential fats and those kind of nutrients. So you want to keep the nutrient density high. Uh, again, those healthy fats are really key. I can't stress that enough. And this is for every mom. It's protective of your brain function. One of the things that's going to make it the most difficult for a new mom is to be struggling with depression or anything like that. And I don't want to oversimplify things. I think especially today, and I might do an entire podcast episode on this, but I think that um, we are starting to have a much more profound understanding of trauma and how that can impact people in general and especially women um, and especially a traumatic birth experience, which unfortunately many women still have, is something that can factor in to trauma processing that needs to happen so that women can feel emotionally healthy. That said, if your brain is essentially starving of things that it needs, vital components, it's really hard to feel good. And so those are healthy fatty acids. And the reason why 
healthy fats are so important is because your baby's brain also needs those. You may have heard me say before that a baby's brain is so hungry for good fats and those components, those nutritional components that come in essential fatty acids and healthy fats, your baby will hoard them. Your baby's brain hoards them and takes them at the expense of your body. So not only, I think a baby's brain research has shown will hoard up to 10 times what he or she needs. So you need to take in what your baby needs. And then you need to take in 10 times what your baby needs. And then more than that for your own brain. And we know that breast milk is really, really rich in nourishing fats. And your body can manufacture that basically from nothing. We see women who have great breast milk who are, because of circumstance, on a really poor diet. But we also know for sure you can test milk in a lab situation from a mother that's well-nourished. And you can see the differences in her milk. In fact, you can even, if you were to, say, eat a pretty low-fat diet for a few days, and then you were to eat a really rich, nutrient-dense diet, and you were to have those two uh, jars of milk in the fridge, you would actually be able to see the difference. You would probably see a difference in color. Now, color can be also because of what you eat. But the chances are is that you would see like a richer, um, more golden look to the milk where you were eating more fat and uh, and a lesser bluer look. Again, making sure that you controlled for other things like are you getting just four milk, are you getting four milk and high milk. But you would probably notice a difference in color and definitely you would notice a difference in consistency. So there would be more fat, even if both times you pumped to where you felt a full letdown reflex at about the same time of day, that kind of thing. You'll just see a difference in your milk and in what you produce because there's a difference. What we eat becomes the locks of our milk. And if those nutrients are going into our milk, we need those going to our milk and then we also need them for our brain. So all of that's to say for any mom, you need to make sure that you're really nutrient dense and then you also wanna eat things that are gonna be protective of brain function, which is especially healthy fats. So fish, eggs, nuts and seeds, those can all be good things. Um, full fat dairy from a clean source is another good option. If you have trouble with dairy, fish, eggs, nuts and seeds are, are good good choices. I wouldn't I think that it's harder for a pregnant and a nursing mom to get everything that she needs on a completely plant-based diet. Um, I've had moms who do it, but I think it's a little bit more difficult, but there are also healthy fats like uh, avocado oil, coconut oil, that can be really good to incorporate in. I think that fish and eggs also make a great complement, especially fish, because it's just that really rich source of what you need. But the key to keeping up the weight gain if you're having trouble, so I think a lot of us think, oh, well, I'm eating all this fat. I'm already doing that, Kristen. Why am I still losing weight? And it's still, our, our culture still has this kind of perpetuated myth that fat is what makes us fat. So if you're eating all this fat, shouldn't you be fat? And I think that most of us who are dialed into health have an inkling of that because we're also seeing other trends like uh, primal nutrition and keto and all of those kinds of things that help bring it back to, okay, well, maybe it's about Maybe it's about the carbs and that sort of thing. So you have a clue. So the key to keeping up with, if you're having trouble keeping the weight on, is fat and carbs together. Um, I really like, I enjoy Trim Healthy Mama. If you haven't heard of them, you can go 
look them up, the Trim Healthy Mamas, Serene and Pearl. Um, I really enjoy what the Trim Healthy Mamas put out. Um, I, I have their books, so that's just a disclaimer there. But I like the way that they put meals that include both fats and carbs, as they call them crossover meals, and they'll actually, they actually acknowledge in their books that um, pregnant mamas and nursing mamas may need more crossovers, probably a lot more, uh, especially during pregnancy. A pregnancy is definitely not a time to try and lose weight, but when you're breastfeeding too, I like that term, you may need a crossover meal, meals that have fat and carbs together. Our fourth baby, Glenn, had some feeding difficulties, uh, like structural issues going on with his esophagus, was slow to mature, and he had this really overly active gag reflex. He just wasn't eating. He couldn't eat. Like, he couldn't get solids down. He could only nurse. Anyways, he got a lot better, but we worked with a feeding clinic to help him, and uh, one of the things that, that was a concern was getting his weight up because he was falling off the growth charts, and I ended up making everything from scratch because I didn't want to use what they what they typically used in the feeding clinic, which is, um, and this is probably a brand name, but it's called Dual Cal, and it's like a an enhancer kind of like a formula and it's a calorie enhancer but basically all that it is is fat and carbs mixed together which is why it's got the duo in there because it's the two of them and that's what they use to help boost these kids weight is just get us kind of really concentrated fat and carbs in there so that is what you need to do and you can still eat really nourishing foods just make sure that you have fat and carbs together at every meal and if you find that the weight is still falling off i would recommend that you up the carbohydrate level one reason is because you can often get more in because carbs just aren't as filling or you'll feel hungry again sooner um, and two is because it's really, as long as you've got a baseline of fat, when you add in extra carbs, extra carbs, that's going to help keep your weight up. Some moms find that they're losing weight while they're nursing, even when they do this, because when they look at it across the day, they're not eating very much. I individually counsel a lot of pregnant moms um, through my personal prenatals or through um my laser consulting. So I do a lot of work one-on-one -on -one with moms and diet is one of the things that we tend to focus on a lot. And when I'm working with these pregnant moms, I always ask them to keep a food diary for a few days for me. And most moms will tell me after that they found it really helpful because when they started logging their food, they realized that they weren't eating as much as they thought that they were eating. And I suspect that that's probably really similar with nursing moms. In fact, I would guess it's probably even more so because at least when you're pregnant, maybe you have a toddler and a preschooler cleaning, clinging to both legs and you're working, but you aren't also trying to balance a newborn. Once you've had your baby, you're all of a sudden balancing a newborn or an infant. And it's just difficult. In times of stress, it can be really difficult. My family has gone through some difficult times in the past few years, and I've found that it can be really hard to make sure that you're eating. Because when you're trying to keep on top of everything and juggle everything, uh, an analogy that I've found myself using so much over the past few months is spinning plates. Like as moms, we're spinning plates. And 
we can't keep them all in the air so some end up falling to the ground. And taking care of ourselves is our, I will say our, because there's more than one plate there, are the first plates to fall to the ground and especially eating. So I would ask you, if you're losing weight while breastfeeding and you're worried, I can't keep any weight on, I'm feeling depleted, I would actually say the first challenge I would give you is to keep a, a diary of your meals for a few days. If you want, you can shoot me an email, Kristen, at naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I can send you a copy of the meal log that I use with pregnant clients because it's it doesn't matter if you're pregnant or not. You can still use the same meal log, and it's just it gives you a structure, and that might help you. And if you want, you can send it to me, and I'll give you a little bit of feedback on it via email. But what it will help you do is sit down and go, oh my goodness, I ate three goldfish crackers at my toddler's snack time. I don't know what happened to breakfast. I had a chicken nugget and a half at lunch and then the baby started crying. And then I had a couple of cheese cubes when I gave my toddler a snack. And then I finally sat down to dinner with my husband, but I had to eat with my left hand even though I'm right-handed because I was nursing the baby and the baby's head was cradled in my right arm and it was close to impossible to meal and my husband was exhausted so he was oblivious last Last night and didn't cut my food for me and so I just kind of pecked at it and then oh my gosh I had a bowl of ice cream right before bed because I realized that I was starving and unhappy and so a course of a day I had a sum total of some goldfish and some cheese and and maybe a little bit of ground beef and some broccoli that I managed to get down at supper and oh and a couple chicken nuggets and that's it so many moms realize that and and you will realize it this is I guess a bombshell maybe to those of you that are still expecting your babies not to discourage you. Uh, but the biggest bombshell is I can look back at the day and see where I made sure that my children were well nourished, that my husband had lunch packed for work and that he had a good dinner on the table. But I hardly ate anything. So everybody else ate well. So when you look at your menu plan, it looks good on paper, but the reality is, is you didn't really eat because of so much going on, because you're so busy, because so much else is competing for your attention, children and laundry and dishes for food that you didn't eat. So that's one thing I really want you to look at is, am I enough? Am I eating enough? And do my, do my meals include healthy fats? as well as carbs, and certainly you can make sure that they're high-quality carbs. And, and remember, too, ladies, that uh, if you have, say, a salad for lunch, that's there's probably not a lot of carbs in that. So even if you have a salad with a generous amount of a good, healthy salad dressing, there's probably not a lot of carbs. So maybe could you have a piece of whole-grain toast? Or could you have a little bowl of rice? Or could you put, say, some black beans and do maybe a fiesta kind of salad? Um, some chickpeas or something like that. Could you put something that's a little starchier, a little carbier? So, um, and if especially if you have tended towards lower carb meals, which many of us have in the past few years, or even towards keto, thinking about how do I add in healthy carbs. So uh, can I add in, say, sweet potatoes with dinner? Or even just, can I just go straight up for some white potatoes? So think about that sort of thing um, where you may have chosen, I'm never going to, I'm not going to have bananas. Bananas are all sugar. Bananas aren't great to my waistline. Well, if you're feeding your child bananas right now and you're having trouble keeping on the weight, indulge in a 
So that's the kind of thing to think about is you may have meals that are healthy, but make sure that they really have those good fats and those carbs. I would recommend too, if you're having trouble keeping on the weight, snack frequently, especially if you are finding that you're harried throughout the day, have those snacks and have snacks that really pack a punch that have plenty in there, yogurt and bananas or a good sized handful of trail mix that maybe has some dried fruit in there too for a snack. And so make sure that there's really some uh, that you're snacking. And it can be around the clock. A lot of pregnant women find that they need to eat in the middle of the night. Sometimes women will tell me that they're having a lot of trouble with insomnia. And I will recommend that they have a snack ready in the middle of the night, like a little cooler or something one of those little personal size lunch coolers by the bed with yogurt or with hard boiled eggs or with some cheese or hummus and um, some veggie, uh, veggie sticks or something. And they have that by the bed and they'll find that if they eat that snack, they go back and they to bed and they sleep soundly just because their metabolism is working so hard, especially at the end of pregnancy, that their body just needs something else. And it could be, especially if you're getting up and nursing your baby in the night, that you're, you may need some nighttime fuel as well. Uh, I also think that nourishing beverages can be helpful. Of course, a smoothie or something can act as a full-on meal replacement, but I would even encourage you that if you're going to do a smoothie, see if there's something you can nibble along with it. Smoothies can make a good snack or for that middle-of-the-night deal if you're going to be sitting up nursing the baby then maybe having a middle-of-the-night smoothie that you can grab uh, can be helpful. Other things that can be really nice are like soup broths. Those are going to bring you extra protein. They're, if you have butter or something in them, can have extra fat. They may not bring as much um, may not bring as much carbohydrates, so you may want to have some crackers or something that you can kind of dip in your broth and have that. But those nourishing beverages, except for maybe like a really rich smoothie, I would not think of those things as a meal replacement. You want to be getting enough. And again, this is somewhere where you can see, all right, I thought that I ate well, but when I look back at my food log, that I actually had like three when you are looking at eaten that it isn't oh a smoothie and two cups of juice and two cups of coffee and that's what i ate now mentioning juice juice can be a good way to get carbs in say that you're going to eat um a hearty breakfast with bacon and eggs or turkey bacon and eggs and uh butter and avocados and then you're going to have a glass of orange juice that's that would be a nice crossover meal because the juice basically brings just pure carbohydrate you don't want to overdo it where beverages are what's making up the majority of your of your diet. Beverages are causing you to feel full or like you've had enough when really you haven't. So that's another thing to look out for in your meal. One final thing before we finish up this episode is if you're having trouble keeping the weight on, I encourage you to enjoy movement. I almost always talk to pregnant moms and new moms about movement rather than exercise because really it should be part of your life and movement I think is less intimidating and it it normalizes it to the point where it's something that we just do every day rather than we think of exercise as something that kind of has a set aside time that we do it specially but movement is like I take a walk or a hike with my baby um, periodically or, or whatever but sometimes moms especially new moms who are worried about their body or their pelvic floor or their figure. And I don't want to make you sound shallow because I know that I'm not a shallow person and worrying about 
you know, body image is a big deal for a lot of women. Um, and you may feel compelled to do things. Or sometimes um, movement or exercise can help us feel a sense of control when otherwise we're kind of feeling out of control. Um, because it's something that, you know, you dedicate yourself to. And especially another thing is sometimes as new moms, we don't feel like we're getting a lot done. Our society doesn't really prize mothering as an accomplishment, though it is a beautiful and wonderful accomplishment, ladies. But it's not one that's really validated by modern society, especially modern society today where we're kind of seeing this um, minimization of uh, parenting and traditional women's contributions and things. That I'm not going to get too political, but, you know exercise can feel like it's goal oriented and it's something that you're working towards and it's something that you're doing and so there are various reasons that it can become really important but one of the things I want to encourage you is while you can enjoy movement and while I think it's good to have healthy movement in life just check yourself and ask am I overdoing it could I scale back you know if I'm walking miles and miles every day or if I'm hitting the treadmill every morning which I hope you are not with a newborn please gentle mama give yourself a break but you know if it's just really intense or even if you're in um to something that uh, like really intense dancing or or something like that you may just need to take a step back dial it back a notch until you get to a point where you're maintaining a weight that's healthy for you and then wait until you're past perhaps these early months where breastfeeding is so intense wait till your child is starting on solids and where nursing isn't perhaps taking quite so much out of you. So that's just one more thing to look at. So those are a number of different things that you can think about. Probably looking at, you know, these three areas. First of all, I started with make sure you're eating a really nourishing diet, but also look at those areas. Am I getting enough meals that include fat and carbs? And, and especially don't just assume, like I said, if you're eating that big salad for lunch, you may be getting neither fat nor carbs, or you may be getting fat if you've got a good salad dressing and avocados, but there may actually not be a lot of carbs. Um, so that's something to look at. Am I getting a lot of fat and carbs? Am I eating enough? Be honest with yourself. Keep a food journal for a few days. And then am I am I actually getting food when I'm eating, or is it all cups of coffee and goldfish crackers and a little bit snatched here and there? And then also, am I overdoing it with movement or exercise? Do I need to scale back? And then another general thing, and I've touched on it a number of times, is just looking at your overall stress levels. So is there anything that you can do to kind of bring, uh, to dial back on the stress? That can help too if you're finding that the weight's falling off. Loss of weight because of stressful situations is definitely real. And so take a look at that. And if you need some help with dialing back stress on a practical level, go back and look through my podcasts. I have a lot that cover kind of practical day-to-day -day life and how we as a mother can handle it. If you're going through a difficult time, if you're struggling with processing your baby's birth or anything like that, um, then you can look and see, like, is there a girlfriend who you can just talk and she'll just listen or uh, can you talk to a counselor who's going to help you kind of process that sort of thing? There are a number of things that you can do. Can you look at, say, a life coach kind of person, um, kind of like what I offer with my laser coaching where we just go in and every week we're kind of looking at baby steps to how do you get to um, 
to where you feel like you're really on top of things, or at least you're your mom that you want to be. So that those are all different options, kind of different modalities that you look at practical um, and making sure that you're nourishing yourself, that you're handling anything stress or getting the help that you need to implement anything in your life. And then back to those core things involving food. All of those are things to look at because we're looking at a holistic picture. All of you, and of course your family system is part of that too, but we're not going to go quite that broad. But just look at yourself as a holistic picture and ask are any of these points points that I'm struggling with. Okay, with that, uh, we're going to end today's podcast. If you would like more from me, I want to get the newsletter, check out what's going on. I send out encouraging emails regularly. I would love to have you as a subscriber. You can sign up at trustbirth101.com. That's trustbirth101.com. And I, again, if you want to get a copy of that food diary, just shoot me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com, or you'll get a welcome email when you sign up at trustbirth101.com. Just hit reply to that and let me know what I can do to help you. I hope that you have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.